Okay. Now, I have a specific assignment today from the Lord. And at first, I thought I was supposed to bring my shofar and blow it. I have a big one, you know. They gave me in South Africa. And I, I'm happy to do that, but that's not really what he said. What he said was, be my shofar. So I'm going to sound the trumpet today. And I'm going to be the shofar. I'm going to do exactly what he told me to do, no matter what. And uh, before I get started with that, look in your Bible. One verse. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Matthew chapter 4. I want you to... Those of you that... This is when Jesus was being tempted, tested, tried. How many feels like the year 2020 was a year of being tempted, tested, and tried? 2021 so far hadn't started off a whole lot better. But how do we live? See, How do we respond? It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. But man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Can I get an amen? amen? That is how we live. We live by what God says. He said recently through me in a short prophecy, he said if Adam would have done that, the world would not be like it is today. If Adam would have just lived by my word. And he says, if we'll choose to live by his word, then our lives will be very different than they are today. Amen? Say it with me. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That is how I live. Now, the first 15 or 20 minutes of today, this is like a two-parter message today. The first 20 minutes or so, I believe it'll be about that long. I am going to talk about current events for a moment and the election and what's been going on. Because I've been getting so many emails and texts and WhatsApps and what, <laughs> from around the world. And, and it's well-meaning people. And they're going, well, what do we do now? And this is after the events of the week. And Wednesday was pretty... Wednesday was a gut punch for me. I don't know how it was for you, but it was a, a gut punch. Uh, we condemn the violence in every form. Um, but after the events of Wednesday is when I started getting all of the emails. Well, what do we do? Do we continue making the confessions? And, you know, and, and, uh, and you know, I can understand that. Now, again, thank you for praying for my mother. Because she's progressed enough, I could be here for prayer Friday. And, uh, oh, it was so for me, it was like, uh, this is the refreshing <laughs> If, just to be able to come and just for for eight hours, just give it over to the Lord, praying in other tongues. And then I was able to come Saturday morning for another six hours. And during that time, he really, really settled some things on the inside of me. It is good to spend time praying in other tongues. This is the rest. This is the refreshing. With stammering lips and another tongue, I will speak to this people. Amen. So, the question, I just wrote it like this, should we keep speaking 
the election confessions. You know what I mean? The ones written by Jim Martin that we've been saying, I think, every service practically. And while I was in prayer, I started having hearing these kind of things. Now, I haven't actually sent this to anybody, but I could. Okay, so you're asking me, should we stop making the confessions? I could ask. Well, did God tell you we could surrender? When did he say that? You failed to send me that word from the Lord. We're supposed to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The last instruction I had was keep making the confessions. See, I'm not a prophet. He's never called me a prophet. I don't, I don't, he hasn't shown me what's coming. I'll tell you what I am. I am a soldier. And a soldier receives his instructions from his commander. And the commander says, charge the hill. And I don't care if it looks like certain death. If the commander says, charge the hill, you salute smartly and you charge the hill. Remember when Paul said we had the sentence of death? That means the answer of death. That means God, the situation he sent him in looked like certain death. He said, well, why did God do that? So that we would learn not to trust in ourselves, but in the living God who raises the dead. Has this word, has anyone heard this word proceed out of the mouth of God? It's surrender. How about it's over? How about you can stop now? Thank you. Now, I will tell you the most recent word that came through me, that he said through me to you, I believe. And this was really, I think, the last word that I heard from him on December 27th, right before the 1st of 2020. Here's what he said. Fight for the unborn. Fight for the unborn. Fight for the unborn, says the Lord. Do not surrender to the evil that is attacking this land. Fight for the unborn. I am calling for a people that will not surrender. I am calling for a people that has grit. And I'm calling for a people that will fight the good fight of faith and not surrender. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. Do not surrender, says the Lord. And he said he is speaking to all of us around the world. Because this spirit is trying to take over the whole world. See, we're not really battling Republican, Democrat, all of those issues. We're fighting against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness that want to enslave the whole world and remove God from it if he can. Christians are in the way of that spirit. And if you think they're not coming after you, you got another thing coming. They're coming after you. They intend to rid this nation of God and, and the, the truth of God. Anyway. Now we condemn the violence. That violence was in every form. That is not the answer. We are not battling flesh and blood. Amen. 
And I'm telling you right now, we're praying for every person that got wounded. We're praying for the families of every person that died during that thing. But we must not lose the will to fight. Our faith is in God, not in Donald Trump. Now, do you hear me? Fight for the unborn, he said. Well, I remember God giving me messages leading up to these events Wednesday. Remember last year? Remember those messages he he delivered through me about? Remember when it looks like you've lost? And he specifically talked like a Daniel in the lion's den? And they rolled the stone over, threw him down in there, closed it up with a stone and sealed it with the king's seal. Boy, nobody could. This is official. This is it. It's over. Daniel is dead. But was it over? What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they went into the fiery furnace seven times hotter? Boy, I mean, if you ever looked like it was over. The guys that threw him in there died. Well, it's over. It's over now. God did not deliver them. They're actually in the furnace. How many feel? Anyway. Was it over? When Jesus died on the cross, it looked like it was over. The devil thought he had won. I'm sure that there's, there was dancing in the streets wherever demons live. I mean, there was dancing in the streets that we have killed the Son of God. We have rid the earth of him. Even the devil thought he'd won. Until three days later. He didn't win either, did he? We could go on and on. Israel at the Red Sea. Looks like it's over now. You should have just let us die in Egypt. Why did you bring us out here? This is impossible. It's over. There's no way out. Was it over? And Moses said... Pharaoh, this enemy that's, that you're seeing today, this enemy, before this day is over, you'll never see them again in your lifetime. I'm sounding the shofar. I am the shofar. I am the shofar. Who gave you permission to quit? When did you hear that word from God? I'm preaching to Gary as I am much as anybody else. I'm Telling you, spending some time in prayer will put a fire in your belly. He'll he'll put your feet on a rock and you know what to do. He was preparing us for this very time with those messages even leading up to this. Nothing takes God by surprise. He knew this was, he knew the situation we'd be in on this Sunday morning. But he hasn't said anything different to me. He hasn't told me to quit. Hasn't told me to stop fighting. In fact, he said, you fight for the unborn. See, here's what will happen. I calculated it out. Taking the official number of abortions since 1973 per year. If this party elect, if what it looks like right now, if that goes on for just four years, that's a minimum of five million babies aborted just in this country. You're surrendering the lives. Five to eight million probably, somewhere in that range. Five to eight million just in the next four years. God says fight for the unborn.
fight for the unborn. And that's exactly what I intend to do. And I know you will too. So I'm going to quote to you a few things. This is Psalms 106, verses 37 through 40. And it's talking about Israel. Israel, when they backslid so much to be like the pagan nations. Uh, Psalm 106, uh, starting in verse 37. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils. And they shed innocent blood. Even the bloods of their, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Thus were they defiled with their own works and went a whoring with their own inventions. Now listen to this, verse 40. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his, against his people insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. I am so tired of the church copping out by saying God does not care about politics. Now, abortion is legal in this country because of politics. Please, please understand God cares whether the righteous rule in this land or not. God cares whether we have laws that protect the unborn or whether we do not. And if you disagree with me, we will lovingly part company. Because God cares. How can you read 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, and not see that God cares about politics? Okay. Another point. Another message that he had me deliver. Where we went back and looked at Nehemiah when they're rebuilding the wall. Rebuilding Jerusalem. After Cyrus... God spoke to King Cyrus over 400 years before he was even born and gave him instruction. I call that a pretty good message. <laughs> How long you had this? Well, 400 years before I was born. God knew me by name, told me what to do. I'm telling you again, nothing takes God by surprise. Politics was involved in this too. It took a politician to send them back. So we, he had me teach those messages about rebuilding the wall. And I just want to put you in remembrance of Nehemiah 4.14. And I looked and I rose up and I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people. See, I don't care what it looks like. Listen to me. Be not you afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters, your wives, and your houses. I'm fighting for my grandchildren. I'm fighting for my great-grandchildren. I want them to have an America to grow up 
where the, the gospel can be freely expressed and they won't arrest me for carrying a Bible down the street. I want them to have a free America. A land of the free. Where they can love God and serve God and not be ruled over by dictators. And people that think they know better than you. I am the shofar today. And I'll tell you another thing we're fighting for. See, we're fighting for fair and accurate votes in America. Now, if there were no illegalities, I want to know that. If it was done fair and square, I want to know that, don't you? But if it was done illegally, I want to know that. And if there were people that did it, I want them caught, prosecuted, and jailed. Because that's treason. If a country like ours, that's supposed to be of the people, by the people, and for the people, if we lose confidence in the legality of our vote, if you lose confidence in that, we just become another banana republic. You just become another Russia where the vote doesn't... Yeah, they run an election, but it's already pre-decided. Putin's going to win every time. Same thing with Maduro and all the others. We've got to fight to have this exposed. It's way bigger than this election. It's way bigger than Trump. It's way bigger than Biden. It, it's the future of this country. We have to know. And if it was done fair and square, fine. But if it was not, let's get it fixed. And get it fixed permanently. No, amen. Okay, amen. Give it to God, not me. I told you, praying in tongues fire you up. <laughs> now, God forbid what I'm about to say. I don't believe this will happen. God forbid if the way that it was voted Wednesday, if that stands. And uh, that remains that how do I, I don't see my lips I won't even hardly say it. If that if the unthinkable to me happens, I want to be able to stand before my God and say, I heard what you said. I never gave up. I never surrendered, and I gave it my all. Amen. Amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always, praying always, 
Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watch thereunto with all perseverance. Don't quit. Perseverance and supplication for all saints. Glory to God. We are soldiers. We salute smartly. We charge the hill. And we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And if He wants us to change what we're doing, I believe He's well able to tell us. But until He does, I'm not changing. Now these elect, I looked over the confessions again. We may have to modify them after Inauguration Day. Depends on how things go. Okay? We may have to modify them a little bit just because of... But I looked them over again. Listen, this is not Democrat. It's not Republican. It doesn't mention Biden. It doesn't mention Trump. It doesn't mention parties at all. You can use these confessions four years from now, eight years from now, because it says things like this. May the man that God wants to be president be elected. There's no arguing with that. Uh, May the vote count be accurate. There's no arguing with that. I've looked it over. This is perfect still. And I'm going to lead you in them. If you don't agree with them, you don't have to say them. Okay? I'm not trying to force anybody to do anything. But I am the shofar today. I'm going to give you opportunity to say it if you want. Father, I present myself to you. As one who is willing to make up the hedge and stand in the gap before you on behalf of this election, I come against a spirit of confusion that would want to impact the way the votes are counted. I declare the spirit of confusion bound in Jesus' name. According to the power and authority given to me by God, in the name of Jesus, I speak to you, spirit of confusion. I command that you silence your tongue and cease your actions. You will not have an impact on this election. I come against every principality, power, ruler of darkness, and spiritual wickedness that would present a stronghold against the man God knows should be elected. I speak to you, and I command you, be cast out now in Jesus' name. Jesus has given to me the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Satan, you and all of your devils are bound concerning this nation and this election. None of your plans for interfering with this election will succeed. I call the Father's will to be accomplished. Jesus has completely and totally defeated you and all of your principalities, 
powers and devils. He made an open show of you and triumphed over you for all eternity. He has given to me that same victory. I call you and everything about you and your devils completely, totally, and thoroughly defeated in this election. Satan, you and your devils have lost. The victory of Christ is known in this election. You cannot think straight to carry out your plans. You speak against other devils. And your house is divided. It cannot stand. It has come to an end. You are thoroughly and utterly defeated. You walk in blindness. And division has filled your camp. Lord, make your words in our mouth fire. And may the plans of the enemy be as wood. Consumed and devoured by that fire. Set ambushments against all those who are trying to interfere with and alter the outcome of this election. May confusion fill their camps as it did in the camps of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. May they devastate each other. May their plans and agendas collapse at their feet. Just as you revealed to Elijah the plans of the Syrian army, expose the plans of the ungodly who are trying to corrupt this election. Father, as heirs of salvation, we ask that angels be dispatched to assist these things to be done. Angels, go to your assignments as the Father directs. Enforce the victories we have spoken this day and drive back the forces of evil. Father, we offer up prayer in the Spirit. And we ask that the Holy Spirit pray through us your perfect will concerning the outcome you desire for this election. Jesus, the government of your kingdom rests upon you. Likewise, I say that the government of this nation rests on you. May the man the Father wants as our president be elected. May all the votes cast for him be brought to light. Father, this battle is not ours. It is yours. You are with us. Oh, Lord, we praise you and worship you. For your mercy endures forever. We praise you for the beauty of your holiness. We praise you for our salvation. And we exalt you and glorify you. For the victory in this election. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Now some would say, but Gary, the election's over. They've already cast the votes. Hallelujah. Bronk gave a little history lesson. Pastor Bronk the other day brought out some details I didn't know about when Abraham Lincoln was elected. Did you know he only received 40% of the popular vote? I didn't know that either. He won through the Electoral College. Did you know there was so much corruption in that voting that happened then that the inauguration did not happen until March same devils then trying to keep people enslaved. Same devils then trying to enslave this nation. Same principalities and powers just working through different people. That really helped me to know that. And the people that falsified that election, they were arrested, tried, and jailed. May it ever be so, Lord. That is treason. That is absolute treason. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles to... Uh, Luke chapter 11, this is part two of the message today. I promised to have you out by four. But anyway. Nobody's listening. <laughs> You're okay with that. You'll stay till four. Oh, okay. <laughs> by the way, today is my birthday. I am 74 years young today. I'll tell you the truth. I, I, I always try and tell you, thank you, thank you. I always try and tell you the truth. But, uh, you know, I went to South Africa back in 2003. It was in my 50s. I feel better today at 74, physically, than I did then. I, I, I could do it with much less pain today than I did then. It was So I thank God I'm getting better. He's renewing my youth like the eagles. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, my mother calls me a baby because she's going to be 100 in five days. Hallelujah. Now, the reason we're going to get to Luke 11 in a minute, Luke 11, the first part of it is, of course, the Lord's Prayer. But then the Lord gives a real teaching about the anointing. See, in Matthew 6, when he teaches similar uh, in similar fashion, Matthew 6, he emphasizes the bread. And he, what he means is, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. And in Matthew 6, he emphasizes your needs being met. Don't worry what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to put on. Stop it. Listen, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. He provides for the birds. He provides for the lilies. He will provide for you. That's the emphasis in Matthew 6. But in Luke 11, which we'll read it in a minute, he also gives the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. But here he emphasizes the bread that we deliver to others. A friend of mine has come and he has no bread and I have nothing to give him. I've come to ask you, Lord, I need bread. This is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is revival. This is where, especially with Joel's army in mind, it's not just certain ones now. It's going to be every soldier. You're going to have the anointing yourself. You're going to have the bread yourself to deliver. Now, I've taught on that many times. But he showed me an aspect of it that I'd only seen it, I think I taught it mildly one time ten years ago. When this prophecy, I'm about to read you a prophecy that came through Bronk on the same day, December 27th, when he's speaking here to me, fight for the unborn. That same day, he sent this prophecy through Bronk, which they title, Stay in Intimacy, The Rain is Coming. And I knew there was really something 
they're all wonderful, but I knew for me personally there was something in this. I've been over it and over it. And then finally I got it. It unlocked another key in Luke 11. So let's read Luke 11. So I want that in your meditator while we're reading the prophecy. Luke 11, and I'm going to pick it up now. If I started in verse 1, he does the Lord's Prayer. But then he starts expounding on the bread part. Give us this day our daily bread. Starting in verse 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask, or if he shall ask for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give, now notice how he answers this, give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. Now he's not changing the subject. He's not all of a sudden talking about how to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. That is not the subject in hand. What is the subject? We need bread to deliver to others. Notice it said three loaves. So it doesn't matter whether it's spirit, soul, or body. We have bread. We have the anointing to deliver whatever they need. Spirit, soul, or body. That three loaves is not in there by accident. Well, how is it delivered? The Holy Spirit is the manifester of the bread. You are the agent of authority. The Holy Spirit is the agent of power. Even when it came to casting out devils, Jesus himself said, I cast out devils by the finger of God. Another place he said, by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of God. That's the Holy Ghost. He co-labors with us. And he, it's the, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. What did he anoint him with? With the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God, and you could say God the Holy Ghost, was with him. Amen? The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of the Father. Jesus said, it's the Father in me, he doeth the works. Well, the Father in him was God the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of the Father. And the same Holy Ghost lives in us, because we are the temple of God. And Jesus plainly said, if you believe on me, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater than these shall you do, because I go unto the Father. But he says, if I don't go unto the Father, he said, it's better for you that I go. If I don't go to the Father, he will not send the Holy Spirit to you. And without the Holy Spirit in you, you can't do the works. It's good stuff, isn't it? 
We've taught all that before. We've heard all that before. Now, I'm going to come back to this, but I wanted, wanted all that in your meditator. Let me read this prophecy to you that came through Bronk on December 27th. Same day he's saying to me, fight for the unborn. And I don't think those two things are unrelated here. This is called, stay in intimacy. The rain is coming. And it was delivered December 27th, 2020 through Pastor Bronk in Immokalee, Florida. Understand this, that in worship and in true adoration, more can be accomplished in you through my spirit than hours of preaching and teaching. More can be deposited in you than months of preaching and teaching. When your spirit yields to my spirit, then all of everything that I have taught you about myself through my spirit and my word comes into fullness, says the spirit of grace. I am not looking for mechanics in these days. He's talking about legalism. Just going through the mechanics. I'm looking for intimacy. This next sentence I have never heard in my life until now. Until I heard, read it here. All truth lives in intimacy. All truth lives in intimacy. It's like a hook in my jaw. I could not get away from that sentence. I'm going, what? What do you mean by that? I, I hear the words, but well, we're going to go back to Luke 11 in a minute. You'll see part of it. Okay. Then he says, all studied truth and all meditated truth, though it may be truth, if it's not immersed or mingled with intimacy, it will only be formulas. But I say unto you, take hold of every moment of intimacy, both in the service and at your place in private worship. Let these things go deep into your heart. Desire them. Lust after them. Count them the greatest part of your life and the most valuable part of your life, says the Spirit of Grace. Then he says this. The rain is coming. Can we worship just for a moment? Just say it with your mouth. The rain is coming. The rain is coming. Then he says, the spiritual rain from heaven is coming. And though it has been prophesied and prophesied, not only in this house, but in many places worldwide, the rain, now get this, look how he defines this. The rain is coming of my presence, my presence and my glory. He said to me recently, this revival will be known so we've had gifts revival, we've had salvation revivals where people would get saved, but there was very little in the way of healings or miracles. But whole towns would just turn to God. Well, that's a good revival. Gifts revival, where the gifts are manifest, sometimes through very flawed vessels with poor character. Okay, But see, this one will be known as his presence revival. 
And in other prophecies, he's spoken about my presence will come so strong, you'll have a hard time standing up or even leaving the building. I'm looking for some of that. All right, I'm going to go back to what... I'm going to read that sentence again. The rain is coming of my presence and of my glory. Now get this. Like man has never seen. That includes the temple when they dedicated it. When Solomon dedicated the temple. When the glory so filled the building, the priest couldn't enter. Even in comparison... I'm continuing... Even in comparison to the book of Acts, these things will supersede them, says the Spirit of grace. I'm glad to be alive. I'm glad to be getting younger. I want to ride this horse a while. (laughs) I want to be in this revival a while. Now get this. But it will only be done through my intimacy and your spending time with me I kept what do you mean exactly by that Luke 11 we'll we'll go there in a minute so he's connecting up intimacy with presence can you see that intimacy with presence but he's talking about uh, revival the rain is coming and glory like man has never seen so let's get that. We've got presence. The glory being seen. Okay. And intimacy. Do we have scripture for that? Luke 11. We'll be there in a minute. I want to read that sentence again. But it will only be done through my intimacy and your spending time with me. The words are over and over and over again rehearsed in this place and in this house and through this ministry. But understand this. You are building to a point. And know that the path to that point, the journey to that place of the outpouring, is just as supernatural as the outpouring. My character in you is being built daily for those who will spend time with me. My character in you that goes beyond any place... The crowds will see and swarm to it in the future. Many will look into this and appreciate it, as into all of everything that entails revival. But those who brought it will have a special place of intimacy, knowing that it was through your prayers and through your fastings and through your giving of places of intimacy in my fellowship with you that brought these things about. Count this year. Now, you want to talk about a trumpets? You want to hear about a blast that you're not going to hear from the world? Count this year that has passed as a year of victory. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was calling it. <laughs> yeah, all year long. Boy, what a year of victory this is. The Lord says... Count this year that has passed as a year of victory. Count this year as a year, as a place in your life of spiritual growth. Feel yourself fully equipped and ready to enter into 2021. Many will not go, but your focus... Now, oh boy. Many will not go, but your focus has been recalibrated in this year. 
For you who are in that place I am describing, says the Spirit of the Lord, it will not matter to you if it is one or many or thousands that choose to go. Your consecration has been narrowed down. How many feels like you might have been in Gideon's army? Your consecration has been narrowed down, narrowed down to a laser focus in me that does not look to the strength of man or in numbers, says the Spirit of grace. The cloud on the horizon is as a man's hand, says the Spirit of the Lord. But you will see, and you will see, to all those who have hearts saying, but I've heard, and I've heard, and I've heard, and I've heard. Be careful. Be careful, says the Spirit of the Lord, that your heart is not caught up in the things of this world, looking at the things that are coming. Be careful that you do not step out of faith. Be careful that you do not mock the prophecies of revival that are coming, and coming, and coming. That you do not grow weary in well-doing. And put these things off as a man sings. If you disregard all of anything that anyone has ever said concerning revival, then I direct you to my word. And I say to you, if you scoff the possibility of revival, you're scoffing the end time prophecies of my word. Embrace the continual possibilities of revival. Embrace the expectation. Do not say in your heart, but I've heard this, and I've heard this, and I've heard this. That, now listen, that is the spirit of the world, and that is the spirit that Satan is trying to defeat the church with. Amen. Stand up in the spirit. Let your hope come from intimacy in my presence, says the spirit of grace. You're going to shout. You're going to run. You're going to dance. You're going to see the fulfillment of these things. For I have prophesied these things in present day speakings. But yet I've given to you a more sure word of prophecy. Which is the foundation of my word. You cannot fail. You cannot fail in seeing the fulfillment of this if you stay in me. And I am pleased with you. I desire to show my pleasure towards you. Stay in that place of fellowship where I continually affirm to you my desire for you and my pleasure in you, says the Spirit of grace. Is that good stuff or what? Now, those few sentences I've put in blue here so I could pick them out again. What a sentence. All truth lives in intimacy. I've never heard that sentence before. Then this one. The rain is coming of my presence and of my glory like man has never seen. You do know that includes the Red Sea. That includes the plagues of Egypt. That includes everything that, we, that man has ever seen. What are we in for? What are we in for? He said the latter rain. He said the glory of the latter house would exceed the glory of the former house. And we're going to not only have the former rain and the latter rain, we're going to have both of them at the same time. Okay. So he says that, that the rain is coming of my presence and of my glory like man has never seen, even in comparison to the book of Acts, 
These things will supersede them, says the Spirit of grace. But then he says this. But it will only be done through my intimacy and your spending time with me. Now, back to Luke 11. Because I kept praying over that, praying over that. I said, Lord, I need scripture for that. I hear you. I believe it. But I need scripture for that. Because we're talking about the anointing. We're talking about revival. We're talking about seeing things like nobody has ever seen. The book of Acts. Moses, Old, everything. But he said it only comes through intimacy. I said, can, 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 I, can I have scripture for that? And he kept bringing me back to Luke 11. So go back to Luke 11 for just a moment. I'm going to read the first few verses again of that. Of starting in verse uh, uh, 5. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend? That's Jesus talking. He, Jesus, said unto them, which of you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Now let's stop. I'm picking, for those that cannot see me, I'm picking up our miracle box. Some call it the impossible box. It's our prayer box where we put the prayer requests in. I have some friends here. That have come to us. And asking for the bread. Of a miracle. That nobody on planet earth can give them. Not the best surgeon. Not the best doctor. Modern medical science has no hope. For any of the people. We have friends. And this is the status of the church to where we are. Where we, this, is what, this is where it's been. We have friends that have come to us. And sadly, we don't have the bread that they need. We've not been able to deliver it. We know about it. We believe it's there. We believe it's available. But right now, we don't have it. Because we know we don't. Because we prayed for them. We've laid hands on them until we rubbed the hair off their head. And they don't have it. God, we're coming to you. We've got friends. That need bread. They need. And you've got it. We know you've got it. Friends of mine in the journey has come to me. And I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say. Trouble me not. Now this next sentence stood up off the page. I mean in all bold. All cap. One day when I was just going through there. Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. And I heard this. I wrote it the way I heard it. You know what the devil's telling you, telling the church, telling all of us? He's trying to make you think this is God saying, The door is shut. You are not my child, because my children are in here with me. You're not my child, and I'm not going to give it to you. And there might be a litany of other things that went across, that went along with that. Your performance and whatever else. But isn't that the message? For years I wondered, why was that part in there, my children are are with me in bed? The enemy's going to make you think. Why would God give you the anointing? Why is he going to give you the bread? 
His children are already in there. You're on the outside looking in. The devil is the one that says, the door is shut and you're not my child. This is what the man said to the person who was asking bread for his friend. This is most certainly the voice and the message of the devil. The truth is, we are the children of God. And we can enter his presence whenever we want to. And I finally understood why Jesus linked this up the way he did. I better stay with it the way it's written. We enter into his presence whenever we want to. The door will be opened every time we knock. And he will rise and give us all that we need. Not only for ourselves, but bread in abundance. I'm talking about the anointing. Spirit, soul, or body. For whatever they need. Is that not what Jesus said? But now... There's an implication here. See, this is what I never saw really before in the fullness until I was meditating this prophecy. See, there's almost an implication. Why does Jesus put in the seeking, knocking, and asking? All of a sudden, a little picture began generating. It was Gary that's come and prayed like you have come and prayed. It's almost like we're on the outside of a castle where God lives. Okay, yeah, I saw this kind of like a little movie, and on, you know, here comes Gary. Father lives in there. I know he's got the bread. I need bread. I need bread for my friends. I need bread, Father. And I don't seem to get it right away. And I've almost had the the feeling like if I just keep on, then if I just keep shouting and saying I need the bread, and maybe if I confess the bread, and if I I can even pray. In tongues about the bread. But see, what I've done is I've been doing it from outside the house. It's almost like I'm expecting him to start throwing bread over the, over the wall. Okay, I heard you. Like God shouting from inside the castle. I heard you, Gary. Here it comes. And biscuits start coming over the top, you know. <laughs> see, I never saw the intimacy part of this so clear. You don't get the bread. Without going in the door. You don't get the bread without going in and spending time with Him. The bread doesn't get thrown over the wall to you standing outside. No, if you knock, the door will open. If you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find he's talking about intimacy and all of a sudden in all of those times that we read in the gospels where Jesus would all night see the way this very passage starts off in Luke 11 Jesus had finished his prayer time and they they would watch Jesus had a pattern and obviously Jesus wasn't praying then where they could hear him if they could have hear if they could hear what he's praying there was no need to ask what are you praying <laughs> would you teach us to pray we can't hear you Teach us to pray like you're praying. So if they saw this pattern, Jesus would go be alone with the Lord. He'd go up by himself and send them away. He'd go up on the mountain and he'd spend all night. What's going on there? Seeking. Knocking. Entering. Fellowship. Intimacy. But boy, when he'd come out of there, see, they'd see this pattern. We watch you. You'll go off by yourself, just you, and you'll pray. Then we watch after that. It may be all night. 
But didn't we watch after those times? And the power you walk in, blind eyes open, deaf ears hear the lame walk, the dead are raised. Uh, could you teach us about prayer? <laughs> and so he begins teaching them. Oh, and I circle this word, see. See what the devil says to you? Trouble me not. The door is shut to you. <laughs> my, chil- my children already in here implying you're not my child but Jesus says that is not the truth you are his child and if you'll knock see I think about my little lily cakes who's now not so little she's 13 now how did that happen anyway when she was come on or cold any when they were little of course little girls you know that little Lily. I, I could have been an... Um, Johnny. <laughs> Names I've... Johnny is pretty high up in the business world. You know, I could be in a meeting with Johnny. We could be talking high finance dollars, you know. I could be right in a meeting of talking, you know, mega money here and mega money there. And we're talking about important stuff. And Lily comes in five years old. Papa? Just a minute, Johnny. Just a minute, Johnny. What, hon? What? Come right over, get up in my lap. Papa, I can't tie my shoe. Now me and Johnny are talking mega millions. <laughs> but that's going to go on hold. Because my granddaughter needs her papa. If I'm that way about her, how much more does your father think about you when you come in that door? Papa? I have friends. I have friends that need bread, Lord. Nobody can give them but you. Papa, I need to spend some time with you so that when I leave here, your presence goes with me. And how he does that is by the Holy Spirit. He tells you how he does it. He gives you when you leave. You are so filled. I know we're filled with the Holy Ghost. I know we can speak in tongues. But so far, we've not been very good at delivering the bread. But I'm seeing it so clear, even from Luke 11. What he said during that prophecy. It's no longer acceptable for Gary to stand outside the walls of the house of God and shout and ask for bread. He hears me. He loves me. But that's not what Jesus said. He says, no, you don't get the bread by shouting from outside the house. You got to find the door. You got to knock. You got to go in. And you got to spend time with Him. And when you leave, your shoes will be tied. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You're going to get what you came for. When you leave, you're going to have a measure of the presence of the Holy Spirit that you did not have before. It's right there, it's been there the whole time. Hallelujah. We all, I'm preaching better than your amen, but I'm telling you, I'm excited about this. I'm doing everything I can. Now, I've confessed publicly the worship limb has been one of the shortest legs on my table. That is changing, and it's been changing this whole last year. And it's going to really be changing now because I see it. I see it. I believe exactly what the Lord said there. The rain is coming. We are going to deliver the bread. 
But we need to spend this time in intimacy now. And I mean real intimacy. So you can go through the motions. He talks about that in there. I've done that too. Okay. And I love it when, thank God, Laura is not just talented. She carries an anointing. She really does. And so do the many. And I don't mean to just pick out her. Stacy, and there's an anointing that comes, see? But so often in my chair, I'm trying to just sing along. Okay, what song are we singing now? It's almost like my lips sometimes, no, not all the time, but sometimes I'm hardly even there. That has got to change. And it, it's already changed, and it is changing a lot more. When Dave was teaching his own private worship, he'd say, I don't care if you have to go and drag your soul back ten times an hour. You start off, okay, I love you, I love you, I worship you, whatever it is you're doing. And then all of a sudden, how am I going to solve this problem? How am I going to fix that problem? We've got a, a, a leaky faucet in the kitchen. We got a, <laughs> how am I going to get that fixed? You know, whatever it is, you know, I've got to change oil in the car. And, and you realize, but you're still singing. Now, you all know what I'm talking about. And Dave would say, I don't care if I'd have, what, what are you, mind, what are you doing all fix, fixing the sink? You get back over here. We're in the presence of the king. We're in the presence of my father and we're going to. Acknowledge. That's exactly where he's bringing us right now. In a way that we have not before. I believe the rain, how many believe the rain is coming? I believe the rain is coming. I believe we're going to see things that have never been seen before. Now, if you'd like a copy of that prophecy that I read, and it has already come out through the emails from Dave Roberson Ministries. If you're not on that email list, shame on you. You can get on it real easy. Just call the prayer center or email. It's also at Bronx's website. And uh, you go to bronxflint.org. Go to the prophecy page. It's the one at the bottom of 2020. It's the last one in 2020. No, I I trumpeted. I heard it. You trumpeted. Good. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to say, Gary, what are you going to do about the confessions if they inaugurate Biden on the 20th? Well, it depends on what God says. I'm still waiting to get permission, if he gives permission, for me to stop. See, do you all remember Lucifer? You ever hear of a guy named Lucifer? He was big in heaven at one time. He was the head of worship. He was way up there. I believe he was the chief archangel, but I know he was head of worship. Would you call that a high position to be chief of worship in heaven? God kicked him out, no matter what office he had. And he's still able to kick him out today. I don't know what I'm going to do. I may change. It depends on what he says. But I am a good soldier. When I get instructions, I salute smartly, I charge the hill, and I don't change the instructions until the commander changes it. I know I've got this service. Probably next Sunday we're going to do them again. By that time after that, then the inauguration, the 20th, will have come. But don't forget Abraham Lincoln. That inauguration didn't happen until March. So, anyway, I'm just saying. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you and I praise you. I did my best to be your shofar today. Father, I thank you for revealing these truths to us, for just speaking so clearly to us as your children, teaching us how we can get the bread to deliver to our friends. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you the rain is coming. We live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. 
In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, you can say, Amen. Amen.